Nothing's gonna stop me from winning this competition. Except maybe that. Guess our little beach party comes with a soundtrack. Hey, stop it, you blighters! This is Sandcastle Beach! I'm sorry, but we were told it's Beach of Palooza Beach. And my band needs to practice for the concert. Jeepers! It's Smash Mouth! And you're Steve Harwell! You're my favorite! Thanks! What does Gooby do? We're coming after you! You're gonna solve that mystery! I see you, Scooby Doo! The trail leads back to you! What does Scooby do? What does Gooby do? We're gonna follow you! We're gonna Welcome back to another episode of Heavy Metal. I'm your host, Ethan Brendine, and each week, myself and a guest will take you through a mystery from somewhere in the vast history of the greatest cartoon of all time. Owen is my guest this week, and the episode that we are discussing is What's New Scooby-Doo Season 3, Episode 13, Reef Grief. Owen... Welcome to the podcast. Hi, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm glad that you are here too. Um, you know, you reached out saying that you like Scooby-Doo and that you like heavy metal and that you would want to come on talking about it. And that was a while ago at this point. Um, so I'm glad that we were able to finally work this out and get it um, get a time that we could both do this. So I'm glad that you're here and um, I'm glad that you picked this episode because I, I just finished watching it about 10 minutes ago and it is uh much crazier than i remember it being <laughs> um very wild yeah i kind of remembered it from watching as a kid for two specific things i'm sure we'll get to both of those um but yeah it was just something that i was looking at like old what's new scooby-doo episodes i could do i was like i sort of remember this one from over a decade ago i'll watch it again um i take it i mean we're both similar in ages i assume so i assume that like everyone our age that you watched what's new scooby-doo when you were a kid yeah i did and i watched where are you as well you know like i watched a lot of the old cartoons you know on boomerang and whatever but also yes uh what's new was the that was the one that was on when i was younger and for a couple years after that as well i'm glad to hear of the existence of another boomerang kid because i was definitely the only person i knew who um regularly tuned into the boomerang network on you know direct tv or whatever that was a, a staple an absolute staple um I'd yeah my ult go ahead go ahead oh no sorry you can go no what were you gonna say, were you gonna say oh i was just gonna say that my, my ultimate kid show was phineas and ferb but there was yes. plenty of other stuff to watch yes i do believe that of the new shows that that started when we were kids um phineas and ferb is the the absolute best, the, you know, the, um, the, the nadir of, of, of children's animation of the 2010s. I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan of, um, of Phineas and Ferb. I think it is a very smart, very funny show. Um, and I, if I have kids one day, I would, I, that's a show that I will show them, you know, the way that like everyone else's parents shove, shove their, television that they watched as kids onto their children that'll be the one that i impose other than scooby-doo of course I mean, of course that'll just be a requirement 
for living in the house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, the two channels that I vacillated between the most were, um, like, if I was just going to turn on the TV, would be Boomerang or Teen Nick. I loved Teen Nick in the afternoons. When they I did not watch... I did not grow up with SpongeBob, so I that the T and Nick. I, I wasn't really part of the Nickelodeon world, but I saw a lot of Phineas Fur, a lot of Scooby Doo. Oh, I'm the same way. I was not, and still, basically, I'm not a SpongeBob fan. Um, I I have seen enough to interact with other people my age because that is like a requirement, essentially. You know, for people like how The Simpsons is for people in their 30s, SpongeBob is for people our age because like that's just how people communicate is by talking about moments from spongebob um some of it is good you know there are a lot of jokes yeah. that i do like but in general i am i am nonplussed by spongebob and was not a big fan as a kid um i don't particularly care for television or movies i guess but mostly television where the joke is that the characters are stupid um, i was gonna say the same thing especially when i was younger now i sort of get it more of course yeah. but yeah. like before i do there's stuff that's good i like the nosferatu is something i think about all the time where he's flicking the lights on that, that's a good bit but like no kid is gonna get that i was gonna bring that up too <laughs> yeah that's something <laughs> wow, okay. that i think about all the time <laughs> um really good stuff yeah i mean i guess the problem is is that like, it's fine if, like, one character is stupid, right? Mm. But, I mean, 90% of SpongeBob is focused on SpongeBob and Patrick, and they are, mm. like, stupid to a debilitating degree. Um, but, you know, I don't want to alienate my, my, you know, my audience in the first five minutes of this. <laughs> That's episode. correct. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I get, I get why people like it. It just is not for me. Um, mm. But, you know, talking about Phineas and Ferb, they... Um, you know the creators have talked about how it was a big deal for them that none of the characters on that show like the joke wouldn't come from somebody being you know less intelligent than another mm -hmm. person um yeah they yeah might, like they might like be sure that they don't know something in a moment or whatever but like it isn't like oh well Phineas and Ferb are the scientists and and well Candace doesn't know anything about that she's an idiot or whatever you know? yeah yeah well aren't so, you young to be building a roller coaster in the backyard and whatnot exactly yeah yeah great show really um deserves the respect that Spongebob has I think if not more mm. um but what are you gonna do but you were a Scooby-Doo fan then, yeah as a child definitely Good, good. Um, do you have a favorite iteration of Scooby-Doo? Um, I don't know if I have a favorite as much as, like I said, like I liked, I watched Where Are You? I watched What's New Scooby-Doo. I definitely have seen some of like the new Scooby-Doo movies ones mm -hmm. where like, you know, Scooby-Doo meets Batman and everything like that. Cause I, I like the 60s Batman, you know. Yeah. Um, but I definitely didn't see all of them because like some of those celebrity guests, of course, um, I would not understand those in, you know, 2007, 2008. <laughs> There's, I'm not really yeah. picking up on that. You're not as big a fan of Jonathan Winters. <laughs> Papa Smurf himself. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is my favorite guy. I can't believe they got him on, on Scooby-Doo. What what a great character. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely remember as a kid like getting the box set for that movie 
or that that show, the new Scooby Doo movies, and being like, "Wow, this is like twenty episodes of Scooby Doo I've never seen before," and then putting in like one of them that didn't have like Batman or the Three Stooges or whatever, and being like, uh, "My goodness, this is oh. <laughs> this is a lot." <laughs> uh, I think I did the same with the Muppet Show. I'm sure because I remember liking specific. I've seen the Muppet Show as like an adult now. I remember liking specific ones, and specific ones are like I don't get this. You know, who yeah, is Chris like, Christopherson? Yeah, exactly. You're like, well, I can I can watch the one that has the Star Wars people on there. Mm-hmm. I know them. I like the, the Steve Martin stuff. one was a, is a big one for me. Where everything I think yeah. that one's like the set is falling apart is the gimmick. So that's like fun for a kid. Haven't seen it in forever though. Yeah, I gotta watch something the, like that. The Muppet Show. I gotta go through and just do the whole thing, because I was the same way when I was a kid. I would like that was another, you know, pocket obsession of mine. Where I would, there were like websites that had uploads of all the old stuff back when, when, back before streaming was a huge thing, or before like, um, like, anti copyright laws became so huge, where there you could just find websites that had like every episode of an of a single show on it or whatever. Mm. Like, I remember I was a big Full House fan when I was, like, eight. And then I found an epi- a website that had every episode of Full House just uploaded to it. And I was like, well, this is the dream. Um, but then, eventually, that that all went away. You know, you can't do that anymore. They they actually are looking for those things. <laughs> um, so now you have to buy every streaming service on the planet if you want to watch all of Full House and the muppet show and all these different things Mm, well on on my every episode of full house podcast that i host Mm -hmm. it's um yeah we're 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 deep in the throes of season four right now so yeah i know the feeling yeah i get it i get it (laughs) um (laughs) well good good um what you know you you came to me with a few options and this is what we settled on um what drew you to this episode of all the episodes of what new, what's new scooby-doo so there's two things there's the end which i mean I'll, we'll reveal it as we talk about the plot so there's you know it has an interesting ending it's a little bit different mm-hmm. from other scooby-doo episodes which I, I didn't exactly remember but i remembered enough of it that i could be like you know i remember this and then the other thing is that there's one specific joke that we'll get to because it's in the opening scene so i don't know if, how how you want to do it if you want to start discussing the plot and we'll talk about it um but yeah it's definitely something i remembered um and i was like yeah we'll do that one I didn't realize it was the penultimate episode of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, this is at the very end um, of season three. So this is, um, this would have been 2005 uh, mm. that this aired. And as we discussed on um, the Valentine's episode, which was the actual finale, um, that one was a special. So I don't know that it aired in, um, like, alongside of the rest of the show so um it's possible that like if you're watching this as it watching what's just scooby-doo as it aired you know getting every saturday morning on the wb uh which i definitely was then this would have been the last episode that you saw um so it is either the penultimate or the the finale depending on how you look at it because and that's what this show is about, is depending on how you look at it. <laughs> you know, uh, it's getting into the minutiae. So it, and it, it definitely feels um, ambitious compared to some other episodes, and it feels um, different. I, I do think that, um, that 
a Scooby-Doo Valentine is a good finale for the show, but, um, you know, I mean, this one does end with a Smash Mouth concert, so, you know, take whichever one you want, really. Um, but yeah, this is, let's get into the plot of Reef Grief. Um, an interesting title, because in my head, I'm like, oh, well, that's a joke because of how Scooby-Doo talks, but then... Like, if you actually, like, read it out, then it's not at all. If it, if it were, then it would be Reef Reef, which would be very sweaty, but maybe better. That's the title. I don't know. I like it. It rhymes. That's all you need. Yeah. Reef Grief's okay, though. So, yeah, we're in Australia for the annual Australian Beachapalooza Blast and an international sandcastle competition, which, crucially are not linked together. They are not the same event. Um, they are, they just happen to both be taking place on the same beach at the same time. International Sandcastle Competition, it's kicking off when what shows up but a coral monster. He's here. He's a big, giant, um, hulking thing. He's made out of, you know, I guess coral colored coral and kind of orangish looking guy. And uh, he starts dragging people away and they get sucked into the sand. This is what's going on in our big menacing um, cold open here. Um, pretty, uh, pretty fun opening. Yeah, it works. I mean, you can just see, you see what the monster is, obviously. Like, it's no surprise, but yeah, it definitely is. It's pretty. It's pretty effective, you know. Where's where, what's the coral creature like? You know, works. What do we think about the coral creature as a monster for Scooby Doo? I mean, I like that it's big. Not a lot of monsters in Scooby Doo are big. It's usually a guy in a mask. Um, so yeah. that's cool. Uh, orange color's good. Like the sunken eyes are good. I think it's a pretty good design, you know. And like thinking about it now, I didn't really think about it before. Like the movement is pretty good. Like the lumbering step, it's good. It's like I like yeah. it. Yeah, I like it too. Um, I think that uh, What's New Scooby-Doo really you know, went outside the box for a lot of things like this. Like this is not a creature you would have expected to see in a you know an episode of Scooby-Doo or Are You or anything like that. But um, it is, it's good. I like it. I like its, um, its design. I like its, um, I like that it, uh, doesn't like make any noise i think is kind of scary about it you know what i mean like it um, yeah yeah it doesn't have a like a groan or a anything like that um yeah it's good i like i like the coral guy a lot um okay and then we get the the theme song of course um not performed by smash mouth which would have been fun but um it's you know it'll do it would have been fun if they could have got them to do it just for this episode. Which that would, yeah, that would be good. But, uh, you know, simple plan's good enough. We'll take it, of course. Um, yeah, they, they did deserve respect for fighting the Invisible Madman, of course. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, but, yeah, so we, we come back from the theme song, and we are... The gang's all here. Uh, they each... They're, they're here to see the Great Barrier Reef, of course, but also because... Shaggy and Scooby are the number one seeds in this um, in this sand castle competition. Um, 
not really sure how these work, like why there are seeds for a sandcap <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote down the same thing. I'm confused because at no point do we see any judges of the Sandcastle competition, no. I believe. I did not notice any. And so it sort of raises questions, but I'm, you know, it's, they, they, I like when you give somebody a specific talent that they will only use once and never use again. So it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's good, and that's a, that's a regular thing in, in what's new Scooby Doo is um is the you know like oh hey in this one Shaggy is a champion putt putt guy and in this one he knows how to do this or whatever or in this one Velma really loves hockey you know so we're gonna do hockey um that's a classic trope of you know just introducing a character character trait that will never be acknowledged again um but yeah they they're they're champion um you know sand guys the <laughs> sand sculptors and then we get to meet um we get like we kind of get a rundown of what the rest of the gang is going to do while they're here at the beach you know daphne's obviously going to go suntanning she's got these ridiculous sunglasses on um but, I like yeah, Velma's she, hat with like the metal straps around the umbrella. It's good. Yeah, Vel- yeah. <laughs> Velma does have an umbrella hat, which is a great look because um, she's gonna, I guess, read or whatever, <laughs> whatever Velma does. Um, yeah, she's not interested in swimming or whatever. Where's Fred? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Fred is <laughs> really. Um, I think that this is the kind of thing that requires a wellness check, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> this is something i've remembered for so long and i don't know why i have <laughs> well why don't you tell us what we're fred's fred's bit well is, sure so. so fred it's such a dumb bit that i love it fred is playing one man volleyball so he'll hit the volleyball run around the net or under the net i think he's running around the net and then he'll hit it again on the other side and so he always wins but he also always loses which is the sort of circuitous logic that i enjoyed very much as like a six-year-old yes and it's the idea of like <laughs> it's not like this is a beach with no people on it <laughs> It's a no. But he gets to always everywhere. win. And I love that this gets called back later where I it is not to jump ahead, but Shaggy says something like, the only thing I wouldn't do for Scooby Snacks is to go without Scooby Snacks, which is the exact same sort of logic that Fred yeah. is using. And I enjoy that there are two instances of these in Yes. Yes, yes, I wrote, there we go. It's a great it's a good logic puzzle. It really introduces kids to schools of thought. Yes, I agree. Um, if someone told me that they <laughs> were going to play one-man volleyball, I would just be, I would say, why? <laughs> but because he, he always wins. Him, he has a reason. He wants to win. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. And so we, we, we cut to the, uh, the Sandcastle competition where we meet seemingly the only other competitor here, <laughs> who is Frankie Martin. Um, it's Australian fellow, and he has made a entire Italian villa that he, uh, out of sand, of course, that he points out is uh, an Italian Renaissance. Pretty good, pretty good. Good enough, good enough, yeah. I guess. Um, but he is upset because his castle cannot stand because just down the beach is the 
celebrity guest for this week's episode, Smash Mouth. So Smash did, Mouth is here. Did every What's This You'd Have a celebrity guest? No, right? No, not no. No, most not of the them case. didn't. Yes. Okay. Just checking. I mean, there it was. It's not uncommon, you know. Like when they go to, and they have like sports episodes. They'll have, like you know, like they have like a, a famous skateboarder in the skateboard episode or a hmm. hockey player in the hockey episode. Um, but it is not a requirement by any means. No. Um, but uh, you know, I do think that they wanted to get something. Um, you know, get a big thing for the. Uh, the finale here and you know who was bigger in 2005 than smash mouth um certainly amongst children i can't think of a single celebrity that would have been more popular to have I'm, on your show i mean yeah i'm sure like many people many people i just i guess i discovered and heavy quotes smash mouth through shrek obviously and yeah. like you know i think that even before it became like a meme and like the whole shrek renaissance you still even as a kid you sort of know like oh that's a very recognizable song very recognizable voice you know and so yeah i, I guess it, it makes sense like yeah yeah obviously um i mean you know smash mouth gets a lot of guff in the community you know they get they get it's the nickelbackification of mm. smash mouth i would say um but is that earned probably i like that, walking on the sun <laughs> sure 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 uh yeah you know um i think that smash mouth is really that them being like the 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 faces of shrek rock really mm. has them crystallized in amber for a certain time period you know like they reflect this era the 2000s for me more than i think anyone else on the planet um that they are what the decade sounds like with their you know their their really um earnest i guess like like abercrombie and fitch surf sound kind of thing going on you know what i mean like like it, mm-hmm. it just is it, it's it's it ages like milk. It's it's such a it's such a relic of the past. Well, I have um, no music taste, despite being a musician. So, like, I think it works out. Where like I'm like, yeah, I can listen to this. Like, I, I'm not throwing it on, but like again, like walking sure. on the sun. It's fun. You know, it's it's a it's yeah. a good vibe. Yeah, and I think it helps that like they did kind of stick around. I mean, obviously through Shrek, but also like he was singing with the band up until six months ago. Whoops, but um, uh, yeah, that's. I mean, did you see that video a few months ago? I mean, I didn't ago? see the video, but I um, have pulled I've pulled up a news article to make sure I'm getting my facts right. So yes, I don't know if the, if these two things were related, but there was a video that came out of them at some uh, you know maskless function in the height of COVID, where they where the lead singer uh, Steve Harwell, who Daphne loves, um, <laughs> was standing like was like just drunk in the middle of his show it was like at some backyard bar or something and like could not was like barely singing the words of the song started arguing with people in the audience while the rest of the band is playing it was, it's really um, a tragic scene I would well say, he's but. retired now because I, I believe he did it again not post covid but post vaccine he did it again and was worse and so i see yeah. he has retired i mean 
maybe for the best. Maybe the whole band should just go away. I think. I think that, that, that it's time. It's time to hang up the hat on Smash Mouth. Bass player's still in it. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Nothing wrong with them, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, when I was like twelve, I got my first iPod, an iPod Shuffle. Um, it had. That's the one, you know, the ones that don't even have a screen on it. You know, just a tiny little thing. Mm. And it was, uh, it had two gigabytes, which could fit about a hundred songs. And um, I, you know, probably about eighty of those songs were <laughs> by the band Coldplay, who was my favorite <laughs> band at the time. I love, sure, I love the not? entire discography. Um, but just so so there you go so there's like very limited space already and then Coldplay's taking up most of the the iPod but of those remaining songs two of them were the two Smash Mouth songs from Shrek which I would listen to all the time um yeah the other I'm one is Unbeliever yes yeah two two iconic tracks to be honest I know I played um, the piano in high school choir and one year we the singers did a madrigal like an it's sort of an old medieval four part thing from All Star. Um so <laughs> it sticks around. It sticks around. I'm sure you can find the sheet music online. I mean look more power to them. We love Smash Mouth. Um we you know just just it's time for them to not be around anymore, I think. Um yeah, retirement's good. Can, yeah. You can and walk on the sun forever. Exactly, yeah. Um, but at the time, they were very hot. And Daphne was is very excited to see them in this episode. She says, you know, oh my gosh, it's Smash Mouth. And Steve Harwell, you're my favorite. <laughs> Which is just very funny to picture. Because, um, you know, we know from previous episodes covered on the show that she loves simple plan mm. she loves jc Shaze, uh, and she loves steve harwell he's her favorite of all of those so um that's huge praise who in this one steve harwell he sort of looks like an off-brand guy fieri so i wonder mm-hmm. how much she likes guy fieri i mean maybe he does maybe it's because the guy does not sing but like you know it's hard to not like guy fieri so maybe she's a fan yeah i mean they would probably get along guy fieri and the uh the scooby gang i mean yeah shaggy and scooby absolutely i'm pulling up a picture of steve harwell 2005 just to to get a look at the guy oh i'm, I'm having to do a capture on google images what is happening right now what, what do they think <laughs> they, they, they think that only robots care about smash mouth yeah they're they're very concerned so moving on from steve harwell is a new character being introduced who is in fact Rama Yam, uh, the I guess the the coordinator for the the sandcastle competition. As we said, there's not really a judge of any kind, um, so I guess he's no. I don't really remember any sort of exposition about him. He just shows being up, charged. yeah, because yeah. uh Steve Harwell and uh, the Sandcastle kid are arguing with each other because, you know, they're both here for the same thing. I mean, Harwell's a professional. He was given a, a task to, to, you know, he was given a job. He's going to perform. You know, he's not going to stop just because there are some Sandcastles that might get knocked over by their loud rock and roll. Uh, uh, so they're, they're like at each other's throats when Rama Yam shows up and it's like, hey, 
Let's all take a deep breath and relax, please. It's okay. You'll just play at a lower decibel and we'll build thicker walls. It's all good. Um, so Ramayam is really looks like a cult leader, I would say. You know, he's got mm. really long, uh, probably unwashed hair and, uh, and a beard. Um, and he's got this big, like, kind of glowing pendant around his neck. Um, yeah, it says uh, universal harmony in Sanskrit, is at least what he yeah. says. I can't read Sanskrit, but it's what he says it says. When he said that, I thought that there would be a reveal later on where he's like, um, where he says, you know, actually, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it, you know, like, like, like he had it wrong or something, you know, like that classic <laughs> thing of like getting mm -hmm. a the wrong thing in Chinese tattooed on your neck. Uh, but, uh, mm. but no, that's just universal harmony is what he stands for. Um, he is, he, it's a, it's a very bizarre character to be introduced at this point. Um, but yeah, he's, he's here and he, uh, he leads them in yoga <laughs> for some reason. They'd start doing yoga which um scooby-doo does a good downward dog of course and uh this is when i'm like this episode it's really all over the place <laughs> like um i mean what i have found doing this podcast is that what's new scooby-doo is a little bit more geared for kids than i remember from when i was a kid mm. you know what i mean like it is definitely um like the sense of humor going on is very much for children which is fine yes i thought that yes it's a cartoon for children <laughs> but um like this is the kind of thing like the show kind of never slows down like the pacing is much faster than your older episodes of scooby-doo um so it's like well we can't just have not, you know we can't just move on to the next scene we have to have a yoga bit where they do yoga for for a joke isn't that that would be fun right we love yoga um yeah, I'm glad that they didn't, because it, it almost seems like you're going to flirt on the edge of, like, using, like, the wacky sitar music and, like, doing that mm -hmm. sort of stereotype, so I'm glad they av I'm glad they avoided yes, that. I, I like, agree. mostly. <laughs> I agree completely. Um, but, uh, the, yeah, so they do this, but then all of a sudden, in the middle of their yoga, uh, people start getting attacked again. They get sucked under the sand, uh, you know, like, um, like a quicksand scenario. They just... Mm like very quick <laughs> rapid sand <laughs> they just get sucked immediately under the the sand um so we we, we get we, we officially have a mystery on our hands here you know the the, the gang have, have witnessed this firsthand and the time has come to figure out what's going on uh it's nighttime shaggy and scooby just want to work on their their sand castle which they have called clamalot which is a full scale uh like a one for one scale uh recreation of king arthur's cam uh you know castle in camelot complete with a a uh seafood drive-through and a working moat um but their creation gets thwarted at the arrival of the coral monster he's here and he's back and they kind of get chased around 
he destroys their sandcastle and then as they run away from him they find that as he gets further away from the water he has to stop and go back in um kind of they they point out that he can't breathe but like there's no actual what that i could tell there's no like actual visual indicator that that is the case he just sort of stops and turns around um yeah, they don't really seem that beaten up about losing all their sandcastle progress, but they're still in the competition. Um, yeah, they're still they're still in the competition, even their stuff got destroyed. So that's good. I guess that's fair. This competition, I think, monster. I think it literally has no rules. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, it um, spoilers, I guess, but it doesn't really no. end. Like no one wins or loses in the episode, despite the first thirty seconds of the episode being predicated on a sandcastle competition. Yeah, I think. There was no payoff. I think they could have saved it, like 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 saved some trouble by just calling it a sandcastle festival or something, you know? <laughs> like mm, that could that could work. That could like work. Just like inviting people to build cool sandcastles. That would that's what's literally happening, as opposed to a uh, <laughs> like an actual judged competition. Um, yes, because people are eliminated from the competition when they are sucked under the yes. sand, which seems like a sort of an issue that would have to be solved. But no, it's I guess they're using Jaws rules, where we're just, yeah, back back to the Sandcastle competition. They do not have anyone in charge of safety. That's for sure. Um, well, they don't have anyone in charge of, like, putting the instruments <laughs> farther away from the Sandcastles. So safety, that's, that's a big leap up. That's true, that's true. I don't think there's anyone in charge at all other than Ramayam, and he clearly is not interested in uh, in anything <laughs> other than yoga, I guess. Um, mm. So, uh, which Velma does find his uh, his Sanskrit medallion in the sand. Yes, I think I jumped the gun on introducing the medallion, but yes, yeah. that it's found here it, now. It's, which is our first official clue. Um, you know, he's like, oh hey, I guess they must have fallen off. Um, so they give it back to him and then we meet some new uh i guess suspects or just characters you know i guess everyone's a suspect who isn't a member of the five um but these two have no motivation at all uh they are surfers sean and shauna who are very annoying i think um Mm. i think surfer voice is not funny well yeah and shauna i forget who plays sean but shauna is just great delisle i saw in the yeah. credits so i'm sure they just asked her to just max all i'm sure she was about to walk out and they were like five more minutes and then just asked her to max out all of the vocal fry which i mean it's kind of annoying you're right yeah, it would appear that um sean and and uh frankie martin are both betrayed by the same voice actor james arnold taylor who uh oh yeah yeah, I've yeah heard not for nothing is not a person of color which uh mm. <laughs> ricky martin or excuse me frankie martin uh definitely is um ricky martin is as well but you know he's not in the uh in the episode um but so you know that's for season yeah, four exactly uh yeah <laughs> um also funny enough smash mouth bassist uh is named paul delisle who's in the episode but he is not related to gray delisle um j- just reading that on the scoobypedia page right now um mm. he did write the Sco- the smash mouth biography in 2015 which i read um recently as well um so not read the book i read that he wrote that book <laughs> so <laughs> i have not read the smash mouth biography but i will check my local library 
I mean, that one's probably pretty good. I'm sure they have a lot of really good stories. I'm sure it's flying off the shelves. Yeah. <laughs> People can't get enough of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so we got these characters, Sean and Sean. They're surfers, except no one's actually seen them in the water. But they keep coming back in. Um, they're like, yeah, the, the, the water is really gnarly today or whatever yeah. yeah you get the idea um yes. and uh then they kind of go away <laughs> um, just new characters i guess that's yeah suspects yeah. they just serve to have a name so that they could potentially be the coral monster um so then we we, we separate a little bit and uh shaggy and scooby are, are looking around on the beach they're following some footprints um and they find some like people who are covered in sand, um, like wet, dripping sand, who are kind of like zombie-esque. You know, they're like sand zombies, hmm. and uh, and they get scared of these these people, and then they start to get pulled in to the water by the coral monster, and his uh, he's got like a giant thing of seaweed that's wrapped around their legs um it's kelp. it's kelp yes yes because they don't understand if scooby is saying help or kelp because good joke, good, I think. joke. good delivery it's it's in the timing it's good joke. um and then fred shows up and saves the day by karate chopping the <laughs> kelp <laughs> yeah he does a nice leap over shaggy and scooby to get to the kelp which is a good bit of animation good sound effect mm-hmm. and he gives um, a i enjoy he that gives a real hi-ya <laughs> um, i was just like wow this is this this is crazy <laughs> but as i've written in my notes um which i wrote like live so i didn't really have time to edit uh fred does expert jump and kelp chop mm-hmm. yeah which he does i'm he not does. wrong you're right um and then we get, uh, he says, just when it thought it was safe to go back in the water. Um, the little Jaws 2 reference well, I think, for you. I think he says safe to go back on the beach, because then he, the he kelp goes back in the water. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. So it's, it's an inverse. My mistake. My mistake. <laughs> um, but yes, um, the, uh, <laughs> the monster goes away, and then on the beach... Velma finds some sort of a breathing tube, you know, breathing apparatus, um, and she's like, "Well, this is interesting. We got a, we got another clue going here." And Shaggy and Scooby are like, no, "Who cares about the clue? There are these sand zombies. They're here." And they turn around. The sand zombies have disappeared. And I think that's as good a time as any, Owen, to take a break. I'm talking about the plot. Okay. To play a little game. All right. Okay, I'm ready. And this is the part of the show where we play a game called Scooby or Not Scooby. However, this week, we're going to play a different game that I'm calling okay. Smash Mouth or Not Smash Mouth. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. I, I only know Walking on the Sun and All Stars. You don't so. need to know the songs. Because what this game is, I've got ten movies, and you have to tell me if Smash Mouth had a song on the soundtrack or not. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So we will start 
with the Nickelodeon film about time travel clock stoppers. <laughs> There's no way. I am really flying blind. So to not waste your time, I know nothing about clock stoppers. And I believe that was 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say that they were not on it. This they are on the soundtrack. Uh, their song "Holiday <laughs> okay. in My Head" is in the film. Uh, Clock Stoppers, a great motion picture. Highly recommend. Okay, Clock okay, Stoppers. I'll put it on my watch list. Uh, really, really fun movie for sure. How about Scary Movie Three? Um, uh, this movie seems very not for me. Um, the scary movies in general. I'm not a big fan of like vulgar humor. Haven't seen mm-hmm. them. Um, scary, so Scary Movie 3 is probably, what, like, mid-2000s? So I'm gonna say that Smash Mouth would be too late to be on, but for the Scary Movie series, that would be perfect, because, like, (laughs) they don't seem to have any sort of cultural relevancy. So I will say that they were in, uh, Scary Movie 3. They are not in Scary Movie 3. (laughs) Okay, on to great. (laughs) It did come out in 2005, the same year as this episode, so, you know, we'll have to, have to, you know... Whether or not they have any cultural cachet at this point, you know, remains to be seen. <laughs> um, how about The Girl Next Door? Um, see, I know one of them, so I'm waiting for you to say that one. But for The Girl Next Door, um, I've heard of this movie, vaguely. Mm-hmm. I know, I don't know who's in it or who made it or anything, but I know that it exists. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to say... I'm just going to do, like, keep going my pattern. I'm going to say they were on the soundtrack for this one. They are not in the soundtrack for The Girl Next Door. I'm sorry to say. They easily could have been. They, they very well could have been. This is maybe the most impossible game I've ever come up with because it could literally could be any movie released between, like, 1998 and 2006 could have had their... Mm-hmm. their they could be in Gangs of New York for all that I know, you know, like they could be in any movie. Uh, that's the that's the level of pull that they had at the time. Um, how about Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo? <laughs> I really have not seen Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, and I am going to keep guessing until I get one right. I'm going to say that they... Well, we've had a couple no's, so I'm going to say that this is one's a yes. This one is a yes. Not only do they have a song, they have two songs on the soundtrack. Wow. Their songs, Come On, Come On, and Can't Get Enough of You, Baby. Um, which, now they mention it, Come On, Come On should have had a Smash Mouth song, I think. I was just thinking of that. I mean, just put it over the documentary footage of children talking about climate mm-hmm. change. I think that would be um, a really yeah, good... Yeah, it could be the song that they play really in this episode, change. A New Planet. That would be really a good, uh, you know juxtaposition i think yeah i really i really love that movie that movie is and, really good yeah. uh come on come on and not um whatever <laughs> deuce bigelow male gigolo whatever we were just talking about that i already forgot come on, come on is incredible i've not seen deuce bigelow male gigolo i'd be surprised though if i liked it as much as come on come on um okay or this is the halfway point surfs up surfs up well i saw surfs up mm-hmm. And I don't remember them being in it, but I haven't seen Surf's Up again in a decade, but at least I like, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say no. This is a no. You're correct. Okay. 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 You're, you're correct. They're not in the surfing penguin film Surf's Up. Um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Hmm. I 
have not seen this movie. I don't believe wow. so. That is crazy. I, I don't. I mean, I definitely, obviously, read them, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen them. Um, and so I am going to say that they. That feels like that's like 2010, 2011. So I'm going to say yes. that they are not in it. They are on the soundtrack. Ah. The song "Hot" is in the movie. Um, Fair. Get those royalties. 2010 really very late for them i would say actually mm. uh that's why i was very surprised to see them on their imdb page but um i mean hey i, I was a kid in, in 2010 and i was still listening to the to all-star you know so i, yeah, I guess they uh, they were they were correct basketball i'm really waiting for you to say the one that i know and it's not this one um Again, these uh, I know this movie exists, but I haven't seen it. So I'm that's like '97. So that seems early. So I'm gonna say no. Basketball does feature Smash Mouth <laughs> recording of "Why Can't We Be Friends." Oh, which I read. Okay, so I read a different movie that was in on the Smash Mouth Wikipedia page, um, like about an hour ago as I was preparing for this. So I was waiting for that one. Um, but all right. We got three left, so it could still show up. And I've got one right, correct? You gotten two right? You, had, you oh, got two right, two right, low, right? Um, yes. So, Starsky and Hutch. Well, it's the other Ben Stiller. They're in Mystery Men. All stars in Mystery Men. I'm losing yes. my mind. You don't say Mystery Men, but um, Starsky and Hutch. I don't even know if I think Ben Stiller's in that. I don't remember if they're in it or not um i'm gonna say that they are in it why not starsky nudge does not feature a <laughs> smash mouth song christ like. <laughs> <laughs> how about not another teen movie <laughs> this is a coin flipping i am flipping a coin here um i am going to say that not another teen movie does seem like the right time to feature smash maybe i keep saying yes i think i actually am like forgetting what i said 10 seconds ago all the time <laughs> but i feel like i keep saying yes because i keep wanting these movies to have a smash mouth song yeah um so i'm gonna say um that no it doesn't have one uh the smash mouth song <laughs> pacific coast party is on the <laughs> pacific <laughs> coast party <laughs> what is that about? <laughs> that does that is the right choice of a smash mouth song for not another teen movie because it sounds like not another smash mouth song <laughs> like, which is a movie people like i've not seen it's it. good i think it's okay, good okay. um i've not watched it in a few years so i mean it could have things that you know don't hold up per se uh in the modern climate but i, I remember it being very funny um okay one last movie one last movie for you we'll okay. see G Force. <laughs> okay, so I read on Wikipedia that they were in Wild Things and they're mm-hmm. in Mystery Men, yeah. and obviously they're in Shrek. So I didn't think you'd say Shrek, but that's now I'm really zero for ten on movies that I don't think have a smart. Okay, G Force again, a movie I saw just like Surf's Up, and a movie I don't remember Smash Mouth being on much like Surf's Up. Mm-hmm. But in 2009, I don't know if I had a Smash Mouth tracker in my brain. Um, <sighs> G-Force. Who's even in G-Force? Um, 
Uh, they're a bunch of guinea pigs. Yes, yes, yes. Which, I just saw the bad guy, speaking of guinea pigs, and I really, really liked it, actually. You um, are not the only person that I know who has recommended the bad guys to me. Actually, we will get to it, but a little overlap between the bad guys and Reef Grief. Um, but... Just, okay, don't want to waste any more time. I think that they are in. They are not in G Force. They are not in G Force. They are not in G Force. Oh, thank God. Do you want to know who is? Because I've got the. I've got the. Uh, the voice. The principal voice cast for G Force. It's Galifianakis is in it, but is he a voice or is he a guinea? Pig? Is he a person? His name is Ben. He does not have voice next to his name, and the others do. So, um, whether that's re- a mistake on Letterboxd or if that is, he's just. A, I think he's just a man. Well, yeah, Will Arnett is in it, right? Yes, we've got... Uh, Penelope Cruz. Will Arnett, Penelope Cruz as Juarez in the guinea pig. Uh, Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage as Which Speckles that, the Mole. That movie, not good, and also does not reference G-Force in it. Um, mm-hmm. The... Uh, yeah, I don't know who else is in it. Is Buscemi in it? Steve Buscemi as Bucky the Hamster. Um, then you have, of course, Sam Rockwell as Darwin, oh, the wow. guinea pig. Who is uh, in The Bad Guys. Perfect. Um, John Favreau as Hurley, the guinea pig. <laughs> wow. Um, See, I you I think that Galifianakis, if he's a guinea pig, would be playing the John Favreau role, yeah. which is why he's probably a person in it. John Favreau, a year after directing Iron Man, voices a guinea pig. In, Wait, isn't isn't Bill Nye in it as a person? Bill Nye is in Bill G-Force? Nye is in it as a person. Yes, I know so much about G Force that I didn't remember ten minutes ago. Um, quite the cast on this, actually. Maybe I should watch it. Who knows? Um, and then the last guinea pig is, of course, Tracy Morgan as Blast. Oh, okay. Guinea pig. Gotcha. Um, so that was, in fact. Smash Mouth or not Smash Mouth. A resounding success, I would say. Um, <laughs> How long did you do that for? Three hours? It was a very tricky game, that's for sure. Uh, but you did fall into the the classic mistake of trying to metagame. Uh, <laughs> I did, yes. Going I have taken first. statistics classes. I should know better than that. Yeah, you should just go with your first instinct. Always, that's my recommendation to everyone. But, um, you know, I mean, the game, it truly, like I said, any film released between a certain time period could have had a smash mouth song on the soundtrack um so back to reef grief it's now morning time and velma has opened up her laptop on the beach um just chilling got that laptop open it's 2000 and uh in five so i'm sure that that laptop is um really gets very hot Mm. you know probably probably not the kind of thing you want to take to the beach i would guess but um i don't know actually things were more bricks back then so probably would fare better than a modern laptop would on the beach um she's researching coral as she says trying to figure Mm. some stuff out um she points out that coral you know is a living organism they've been around for a long time which i will say for the record coral they just you know they just released the unicode 15 uh update of new emojis right with the Mm -hmm. with the melting face and the biting lip and all these guys um but one of them that they released is a coral emoji that's cool on your phone the coral emoji is under 
the plants section when it should in fact be under the animals section. That's a little little science um, note for you. Um, you. Sound like sound like Velma. Yeah, yeah. Velma would which be very I, upset. I did note, and not to make fun of animation, which I cannot do, mm-hmm. is that the first time Velma pulls out her book, it does say the Great Barrier Reef, and Great has an E on the end. I did notice that. I have to go <laughs> okay. back to confirm that it does say G-R-E-A-T-E Barrier Reef. But again, I cannot animate, so that's the, do not want to turn that's this into That's the Australian cinemasins. spelling, yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Um, so yeah, she's researching coral. She's like, they're living organisms. They've been around for since prehistoric times, but you know, they they're not bipedal monsters. That's normal, certainly. Um, so then uh, Frankie Martin shows up, and he's like, "Hey, uh, <laughs> the competition's still happening, even though we are the only competitors left. The, you know, the two of you and me, we're the only ones left in the competition, but." Uh, it's still happening, and I'm going to beat you. <laughs> um, which, which, again, they're putting singles against doubles here. We've no <laughs> rules, all anarchy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, so so the Sandcastle competition is not going great, it would seem. But that does not mean that the Beach-a-Palooza blast is going any better, because on the other side of the beach, Smash Mouth's equipment has been covered in a massive pile of sand it is completely inoperable at this point um seems like sabotage to me i would say mm. um which i don't think we ever actually get an explanation for what happened no it's just i was actually thinking of that in my head right then hmm. does this have a payoff no okay <laughs> No, it's just a complete red herring, <laughs> which if, if, even if you, not even a red herring, because it's not like, like at no point would we think that the coral monster was doing that. You know what I mean? Like there's no reason for this to happen at all other than just to make it makes, Frankie, yeah, Frankie look suspicious, I guess. But then he immediately yeah. points out that he couldn't have done it because he was building a sandcastle. Um, so this is just a complete non sequitur, I guess. Um, which I will say... This episode, while I did enjoy watching it, I think um, not their best. I'll just I'll just set that up for later. I don't think that this is a stellar episode of what's new Scooby Doo. Kind of felt no, like they were winding down. Um, yes, I was interested in other what's new Scooby Doo episodes after this one, and then I did not watch any. But I was interested to see what like a qual you know where this stood on the quality spectrum. I think I, I, it's very possible that by this point they've run out of ideas. You know what I mean? Like, they're oh. just like, well, we're on the beach, and yeah. we're on the beach. Here. Yeah, uh, Smash Mouth. You play one-man volleyball. Yeah, you play volleyball, uh, you know, like, uh, like they don't do any Australian bits at all, which is a That's shame. true. That's true. I know. I thought about that. Real missed opportunity. Um, I was thinking we get some bad accents, which we really don't. I mean, we get a little from Frankie Martin, but, like... That's it. It's not, like, all bad cultural bits that are dumb, which I guess is good and bad. I don't know. It's good. I mean, but Australia is the one that you want to have that from. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's fine. Like... That's free game. You can talk... You can make fun of Australians all you want. Um, you know, like, you're not... You're, you're offending a culture that is very fine with being offended i think you know i think that they brush things off very easily and i know lived through worse i was hearing claudio doherty on a podcast recently say that bart versus australia was (laughs) quite upsetting for the country 
because they were excited they were really excited beforehand and then it it sort of annoyed them a bit too much which is funny because that's the plot of bart versus australia (laughs) it's it's like that's literally the simpsons versus the nation of australia that's that's a that's that's interesting i mean that one they do they that that episode is solely australia bits you know what i mean like there's nothing Mm -hmm. that isn't that they cover everything um so Maybe the writers of Reef Grief watched that episode and were like, well, there's nothing that we can do that hasn't already been done. Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and now... Have you ever been to Australia? I have not, no. I, neither have I. Everybody thinks my dad is Australian because he's British, but so I'm half British, but like right. he, he, he's lived in America for quite a while. So people say, oh, you're from Australia? I guess it's like the accents mixing together. Yeah. But I've never been to Australia. I guess I'd like to go. It's a long plane ride, though. Very long. Um, I live in Texas, and Perth, Australia is the antipode of Austin, Texas. Oh, interesting. It's like the exact furthest point away from, from Texas. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm East Coast, so it's really pretty far. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're just, a, you're just a mere, you know, 15-hour flight versus a 17-hour flight. Like, you can... Yeah, exactly. It's fine. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a... So... Yeah, I just... I guess I just wish that they were more things. I guess they did do... They had just done the Legend of the Vampire film, which takes place solely in Australia. So I guess I could understand them, you know, being like, well, they didn't go to the Great Barrier Reef in that, so we can do that, and that'll be fine. Um, But, uh... I don't know. Just you, you always want a little more. Hmm. Um, so, Fred points out that none of the band members have been abducted. It's solely sand sculptors, sand hmm. artists, who have been um, who have disappeared. I will say, uh, I I was doing research for this episode and went to the tried to go to the Sand Castles Wikipedia page. And it redirected me to a website called, uh, to a uh, article called Sand Art and Play, which is the most bizarre way that you can describe what sand castles are, I think. I don't... Sand art to me is making the colored sand in a jar. Yep, I agree completely. Yep. And sand play just connotates something completely different in my mind, personally. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess, I guess. There wasn't enough information on sandcastles by themselves. Um, So, after this, we watch Ramayam get abducted and the coral monster walking away. Uh, When I say abducted, I mean being sucked under the sand because, crucially, Mm. the coral monster is not actually picking anybody up and taking them into the water. Um, So, we got to figure out what's going on. You know, it's it's time to get our heads in the game. We can't just sit around, you know, using our laptops and building clam a lot. We gotta actually save some people because they're all they've all disappeared. Um, so Fred's plan is crazy. They get these giant metal backpacks that have GPS in them, GPS signals being emitted, uh, and they're going to have Shaggy and Scooby, of course, be the bait and go out looking for the the sand people. And then um, 
they will follow them with their with their GPS. And in order to encourage Shaggy and Scooby to do this perilous mission, they the backpacks are equipped with time release Scooby snack apparatus. Yes, and it the Scooby snacks pop up in the air over their shoulders and into their open mouths, which is uh, pretty ingenuity in, in intuitive engineering. Yes. Um, Yes, and this is where Shaggy says that the one thing that he wouldn't do for a Scooby snack is go without a Scooby snack, which is probably my favorite line after the one-man volleyball. Um, yes. Because it raises more questions than it answers, honestly. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it, it, if they just had this on the back of the van, in the back of the van, um, that's impressive. From <laughs> you know, they're very prepared, very prepared for this exact scenario so they go out and the gps like immediately stops working after they find the coral monster um which had me like what was the point at all <laughs> if them running you know briskly shuts it off that you know they you, you didn't make a good enough suit uh or invention for it you you, you could have given it a couple more passes but we get a chase scene um, to New Planet, uh, a Smash Mouth song I had never heard before, except for, I guess, when I was watching this episode as a kid. Um, very mellow, I would say, compared to the, most of their other work. Um, yeah, it's pretty chill. Good good vibes. Yeah. I mean, the Scooby-Doo chase, which we have talked about this, the Scooby-Doo chase song that I... Eternally knows the one about being in love with an ostrich. So yes. any chase song will mention. I I have no other point of reference. So like yeah, this one's pretty good. I do love you know? that song very much. Um, we did talk about that back on the Jeepers is the Creeper episode a long long time ago. Good episode. Good episode. Um. So. So yeah. Uh. Yeah. It's a it's a fine song. They kind of run around. They get into the semantics with you know like. Um knocking over sandcastles, that kind of thing. And then the coral monster uh, starts to run out of breath and goes back into the ocean. But Shaggy and Scooby are getting sucked under the sand. Um, kind of a good moment here where Shaggy's like yeah. really worried for his friend and trying to save him, you know, trying to pull him out of the sand, and then he gets dragged down with him. Um Real pathos, I felt. Hmm. I did like in the chase scene when they build like a big Golden Gate Bridge to collapse on the coral monster. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, they do the like the cartoon fight, the scrum, and they build the sandcastle around. It's a good, it's a good visual. I like that. Yeah, yeah, like, it's fun. Yeah, it's good. So, Shaggy and Scooby are gone. Sean and Shauna show up, uh, hmm. and uh, you know, Fred and and Velma are like, "What's going on?" Why are you back here at the scene of the crime again? Do you have our friends? Are you friend abductors? And they uh, they point out that um, no, they're out surfing. And Daphne's like, well, we didn't see you surf. So then we get the reveal that they are in fact underwater surfers. Which means they have surfboards. They've tied their feet to the bottom of the surfboard. And they have special snorkels that allow them to breathe underwater. Sure. Sure, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Again, another thing where I was like, okay, okay. 
Well, that'll come back whenever we reveal what the coral monster is. I guess that they do something similar. Maybe it's Sean and Sean operating it. But no, this is just a completely out-of-nowhere thing that does sound cool. If it was a real thing, I think it would be fun. Um, I mean, I would never do it because I'm terrified of the ocean and would, uh, would have a horrible time. But it does seem like a cool idea. I've surfed standing up, and I'm by no means great, but it's fun. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd go upside down, but... Would you do it standing up in reverse? <laughs> I don't think I'd be good enough. <laughs> it does seem very hard, that's for sure. That is for sure. Um, but then out of nowhere, the gang, the boys, Shaggy and Scooby, their, their GPS blips show back up. And they're showing that they're below... The Great Barrier Reef. Below the Great Barrier Reef. The largest reef on the planet. Um, I didn't even think I picked up on that because I was like, oh, like finally an Australian thing. Like, we've hit on something from Australia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But not only is it super long, so like saying it's below the Great Barrier Reef, like that could be anywhere, but below like i'm 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 pretty sure that it goes down quite a ways <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying to look it up right now having a little trouble but i'll get it uh great barrier reef how deep is it uh in outer on outer reefs continental slopes extend down to depths of more than two thousand meters mm -hmm. um yeah average depth of 35 meters in its inshore water so maybe they're under the inshore water whatever that means Okay, okay, okay. Sure, I guess. Sure. Fine. <laughs> I mean, this next part, we're really, really pushing some uh, some <laughs> disbelief here, I would say. Uh, but that's fine, that's fine. It's a, it is, of course, a children's cartoon. You know, not meant to be overanalyzed on a podcast that, that records weekly, but what are you going to do, you know? Not... <laughs> of course someone has to um so they they go out on a boat i guess do we see who's driving the boat um uh, maybe it's I, I guess i assumed it was sean and shauna but i don't know maybe they took the boat I themselves know. i don't know but um, yeah i guess so daphne asked velma like are you sure you want to do this and velma's like well yeah i want to do it for shaggy and scooby and to see the great barrier reef but, like, I mean, I also care about Shaggy and Scooby. But, I mean, while I'm here, the reef is pretty cool. But, like... But it's about, it's about, it's, it's about Shaggy and Scooby. It, you know, it's okay. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like... But the reef is cool, too. Yes, and I think at this point, the Scooby Snacks have awoken Shaggy and Scooby from their trance, which, you know, yes. that's how it goes. They wake up at the bottom of the sea in an underground tunnel. Uh, sand all around... They got sand zombies all over the place who are catatonically mining, um, you know, with pickaxes and stuff. Um, and they're like, okay, this is a weird scenario, but I guess we will blend in. We will pretend to be zombies just like them. Um, so Fred, Daphne, Velma dive in. To the water they take a look at the great barrier reef it's pretty cool 
which uh, I agree. It's pretty cool. And then they come across an underground, underwater tunnel. And they, they dip in and they find all the sand zombies mining away. And then Shaggy and Scooby, like, turn to look at them. And Shaggy gives them a wink and is like, Hey, I am a sand zombie. I am mining away without any purpose, but I am all out of snacks. And then Fred's like, okay, so they're fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. is funny. A funny bit. That's um, a good bit. So we got to figure out how to get them out of here. And Fred makes an elaborate contraption. Yes, that is a joke I like, building like a ridiculous Rube Goldberg machine and it breaks immediately. It's yeah. funny. It was good. It was good. Um, so then they run away from the zombies uh, who are like, kind of chasing after them. And then the tunnel starts to collapse. You know, uh, Ramayam kind of snaps out of it and tells them all to turn around and go back towards the beach. Uh, but then the Scooby gang are trapped on the other side of the of the uh, tunnel. And the tunnel's starting to get waterlogged. You know, water's rushing in and then Scooby gets caught up in the undertow. Um, is clearly shell shocked because Fre- Shaggy is like shouting at him to swim, and he's kind of just staring back at him, not doing anything. And then Scooby Doo ends up being saved by the coral monster, which is a nice moment. Yeah, it's nice. Scoops him up, dumps him out on the beach. The rest of the gang got out okay. And, uh, you know, we're at, we're at wrap-up time. So Velma it's says... mystery reveal. That's right. Velma says she's going to unmask the real monster. She starts walking towards the coral guy who swims off into the ocean. And then she keeps going and walks up to Ramayam, who's sitting on the beach. She takes off his wig and his, his beard, and everyone's like, Whoa! He's not a hippie. He's a, just a guy. <laughs> The reaction to her, <laughs> not even unmasking, I guess unwigging um, uh, Ramayam is really funny to me. People are like, what the hell? Who the hell is this guy? Um, so his name is uh, Spencer Johnson, which I do like that they gave him a name outside of like this dumb hippie name. Like I think, again, that sort of makes it better, like, yeah. in avoiding that like weird stereotype. Yeah, he's just a he's just a guy. <laughs> he's got yeah. he's clean cut, you know, shaven, no 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 crazy wig, um, and he's like, yeah yeah yeah, it's me it's me. I'm not Ramiyam, um, and uh, he <laughs> he has this special necklace, which is why he was masquerading as um as as a uh, What's his name? Ramayam, of course. Ramayam, yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> immediately not remembering what you're saying. <laughs> so you can wear this crazy necklace that, that functions as a hypnosis device. Um, yes, and this is where the overlap comes in with the bad guys, which also has a blue device that hypnotizes people. Um, okay. And so that was a fun bit of overlap for me in my day. You were doing the Leonardo DiCaprio point. You were like, there it is. <laughs> there it's it exactly is. exactly the same. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it, 
it's this funny thing where Velma's like, where they're like, well, how did he get people to do what he wanted? And Velma's like, with this. And she just picks up the necklace and it immediately puts Fred into a trance, even though they've been staring at it all day, you know, and like, <laughs> like Velma picked it up out of the sand and she didn't get hypnotized or whatever. It just happens to be a magic necklace, <laughs> um, which is fine. It's fine. Uh, but <laughs> this this I did love where they were like what well why why are you having people dig your tunnel and he's like yes it's so confusing and it only it almost seems like a good thing right yes he says yes it seems it's good. for the betterment of mankind to because he he's going to dig the reef way a a highway under the ocean for cars, buses, and trains, which he calls the Ninth Wonder of the World, which is interesting, because um, I don't know what the Eighth Wonder is. <laughs> I thought there are eight wonders of the world, but maybe it's, like, man-made? Um, I'm pretty sure I've heard eight. There are seven wonders of the world, usually. And then I guess other people say, well, this is the Eighth Wonder of the World. Like, if you're like, well, actually, this... this uh, cool building that we made is the eighth wonder of the world no yeah you're totally right so yeah okay the ninth wonder of the world would come after the eighth um, maybe the eighth is the great barrier reef and the ninth mm. is the uh the reef way i don't know um the eighth is the one-man volleyball machine um it is a wonder that it, the volleyball net can pop out so quickly can you name the seven wonders of the world how many you've got um these are seven wonders pure... of the ancient world of course because oh uh pyramids to mm-hmm yep the roman Colosseum. uh no <laughs> great wall of china um e- no <laughs> okay i this is already on i think we okay seven wonders of the world i'm taking ancient out because i'm pretty sure that the idea behind that the, they did re- make a new list Yes, okay, so the new Seven Wonders of the World was made in the year 2000 to oh, okay. uh, to recognize things that still exist. Because, like, the Colossus of Rhodes is on the Ancient Wonders, and it no longer mm. exists. Okay, so yes. So you got the Pyramids, yes. You have uh, the Colosseum, yes. And the Great Wall of China, yes. So what are the other four? This is our third game, because our second game is about G-Force. Um, mm. I'm going to say that our other four are... Um, and these are ancient worlds. Okay, it turns out the pyramids is actually not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can I forfeit the game? You got the Great Wall of China. You got a pyramid, the Chichen Itza in Mexico, of course. You've got Machu Picchu. You've got uh, the Colosseum. You got Cristo Redentor or Christ the Redeemer in mm, Brazil. Yes. Um, the Taj Mahal. Machu Picchu and Petra from the uh, Last Crusade. Indiana Jones. I don't think I've heard of that one. So when probably in, shows my ignorance. You seen Indiana Jones? Uh, I've seen the first two recently, actually. Oh yeah, I see what this looks like. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like built into the into the mountain. Yes. Cool thing. So this is the Seven Wonders of the World, and the eighth one is something else, and the ninth one is the Reefway. So correct. <laughs> the Reefway was his plan is to 
Digi Tunnel from Papua New Guinea to Australia for trains, buses, and cars. Which means that Spencer Johnson invented the Boring Company in 2005. He's the original Elon Musk. They never say, like, that would displace, like, the natural beauty of the reef. They just, like, take that as evil automatically that he wants to build the reefway. Yes. Yes. Velma's like, you knew it was illegal, so you had to do it, like, this other way. She Um, calls it insane but ingenious. And I don't think it's that insane. Like, a highway under the water has not been done, but it's not that insane. (laughs) Right? Um, It has been done, that's true. The, uh, I mean, you got the channel, of course. Yeah. Um, I'm looking here, uh, this is just in the inconsistencies slash continuity errors and or goofs or oddities section of the Scoopedia. Mm. Um, so take it from whichever, whichever member of the, uh, the, you know, whichever wiki editor added this to this website. So very well could have been a 12 year old, right? Um, probably was, in fact. But they say that the shortest distance between the tourist areas of the Great Barrier Reef and Papua New Guinea is approximately 500 miles. So. Um, yeah, one sandcastle contest, they'll build that in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's a long, that's a long way. It's, but again, like, it seems doable. Like, sure. Like, in a cartoon logic, it seems like it's not that ridiculous yeah i mean he does he points out that he had this whole plan of doing the sandcastle competition said he could get the best sands builders in the world to help him do this um again he's thinking everything through he's got everything thought out um but uh uh what he didn't count on were scooby snacks because the scooby snacks were in fact what kept Shaggy and Scooby out of the trance. Um, I don't know if it's just because they were eating or they, like, there's something, some sort of special ingredient. But I hear you at home wondering to yourself, this is all well and good. But what about the coral creature? Who's, Who's under there? Who's in the mask? And Shaggy asked the same question. And then Velma says, the coral creature is, in fact, real. A real monster. Well, not a monster at all. Just a real prehistoric being that is living beneath the sea. Yeah, and that's the other reason I remember this episode. Because I, like, remember this episode of having, like, oh, like, the coral creature is nice. And, like, I mm-hmm. remember the shot of, like, the coral creature waving goodbye at everybody. So in my head, the episode was like, oh, does this even have a villain? Because I did not remember, of course, Ramayam did not mm. stay in my head. No. A.K.A. Spencer Johnson and his Reefway uh, extravaganza. Yeah. But, yeah, the coral creature being a nice guy is, like, it's that's cool. It's a cool twist. It is. It's a, it's a good idea. Um, I think her her explanation's a little thin. She's like, yeah, there's all kinds of weird stuff down there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but well, it's it is, like... it's a it's a fun sci-fi thing that I can get behind. You know what I mean? I think like, I think she does have a good line about it that I can't remember at all. And maybe it's maybe it's worse than I remember when I watched it. But she's like, you know, like 
there's there's so much stuff beneath the sea that you can't think that you'll never know what's really down there okay yeah. fair enough fair enough um but yeah we do get a, a great bit where scooby goes out to the sea where the coral creature is watching and they do they do point out that he was just kind of wrecking havoc because he was annoyed by all the, the loud music of course um but he'll be fine now uh, but like scooby goes out to the the water and it's like he, he waves to him and he says rank you coral creature <laughs> i thought it was so funny and so sweet i'm just earnestly thanking a coral monster um but yeah the guy waves back and then goes and swims away and uh cut to the next day and beat your paloozas back on baby smash mouth yeah. is playing their set they got new yes. equipment and they are singing their song fun i guess not one i'd ever heard before but um yeah. you know and most importantly fred has broken out the volleyball kit mm-hmm. um he's he's playing with vigor mm-hmm. yeah yeah everyone's having a good time uh meanwhile over at the sandcastle competition Shaggy was going to win with his, I guess, if you could even win. But you know, he's like, hey, you, he was talking to, to Frankie. He's like, hey, you made a pretty nice little thing here, but um, I just made this really cool giant ice cream cone with sand sprinkles. And then we cut to Scooby-Doo, who has just eaten the entire sand sculpture. He's consumed lots and lots of sand. And he says, Scooby, Dooby, Spitoo. Because he's spitting sand out of his mouth. And that's the end. <laughs> that's the end. No one wins. I thought for a bit it was going to be like, oh, well, you know, Shaggy be like, oh, you can't win them all. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, my thing got to a really cool creature, whatever. But no, like, there's no payoff. What's Nothing at all. That's just the end. Um, no, and I think that's sort of the... I guess that this episode had to have like a problem with it. I guess it's that a lot of things don't pay off, like the underwater surfing or Smash Mouth's presence yeah. or the Sandcastle contest, because like we were kind of saying these things don't pay off, which means that Ramayam has to be the villain because he's the only person where anything pays off. Yeah, I do think it's a pretty silly episode. Like, there's not, it, it, it's not grounded at all, and there's no, no real tension, and it seems. Like, just like a bunch of stuff happening, more than anything. Um, but, we can get more into that when we rank this episode on our heavy metal tier list. But before we do that, we have to play a little game called Jinkies or Stinkies. Now, okay. the way this game works is that each week I collect a series of five stories or facts. We're doing five now, no longer doing six. Um... Related to a topic in the episode. Now, some of those stories will be true, which are jinkies. And some of them I have made up, which are stinkies. And it's up to you, Owen, to tell me the difference. Now, we talked about metagaming earlier, and that's part of the reason why I lowered it to five. Is that yes. people don't automatically think that there's three of each. Um, you know, So there could now be three and two. There could be four and one. There could be five and zero, which would be... Very cruel to do on your first time, but, you know, um, no one said I'm not cruel before. <laughs> um, I, I assumed you took down from 6-5 because you did spend five minutes going long on G-Force. Yeah, 
Yeah. No, it, it, it is definitely <laughs> because it's a lot of work that I have to do. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, but the metagaming thing's part of it, too. So five stories. And the topic that we've got today is sandcastles. So do you consider yourself a sandcastle expert, Owen? Absolutely not. If I couldn't be an expert on movies, I definitely cannot do sandcastles. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, we'll see. So here we go. A tweet from at Jacob Gosler went viral in 2013 with the caption, What the hell, Brad Garrett just stopped my son's sandcastle? Accompanied with an incriminating photo of a destroyed sandcastle which would look to be the back of Brad Garrett's humongous form walking away in the background. Garrett... The winner of Star Search 1984 and star of Everybody Loves Raymond was on vacation with his new wife at Beaches Resort in Jamaica, where he claimed he was followed around by a family who kept asking him for pictures. He supposedly got so angry at their pestering that he kicked over their eight-year-old son's sandcastle. Garrett was invited on The Ellen Show in 2013, who asked him if he regretted it, to which he replied simply, No. Is that a chinky or stinky? I was going to say jinky. The Ellen makes it seem like a stinky because, like, you'd think that there'd be more important things for Ellen to talk about. I am going to say stinky. Uh, it is a stinky, but, I mean, I don't know that there are more important things for Ellen to talk about. <laughs> I more met Brad Garrett. What's he doing? <laughs> yeah. he, he's probably been on some... He's been on, like, network sitcoms, right? Yeah. He must be. He must be. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Very good. The Kikina Beach Sandcastle Competition is the biggest in Florida and one of the most popular worldwide. It's been running for 35 consecutive summers, including 2020. So how do you have a sandcastle competition when your public beach is closed down for the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, you host it over Zoom, of course. Kikina Beach has had several competitors who come back each year for a try at the coveted Shell Crown, some of which who have competed annually since the beginning, and refused to let the virus stop them from competing. So they organized a live stream competition for charity, featuring 10 previous winners. They packaged 10 crates of sand, each 2 foot by 2 foot cube, and shipped them to the competitors, who from the comfort of their own home had one hour to build a sand sculpture live for hundreds of viewers. The winner was 42-year-old Sharon Mott, who made a two-foot-tall mermaid sculpture on her tiled chicken floor. They mailed her the shell crown, but she and the others had to dispose of the sand themselves. Is that a jinky or stinky? That is a jinky. This is actually a stinky. I'm sorry. Okay. I did make this up. Um, I did make it up. Okay. We're two out of five. In the months following pandemic lockdowns, Hotels and resorts have had difficulty encouraging patrons to return, so they've had to get creative in order to stand out. The Ritz-Carlton Hotel on Amelia Island has an on-staff sandcastle concierge, who for the low price of $125 will teach your family how to make sand sculptures with various tools. This is, however, not the most outlandish marketing scheme out there in the hospitality business. A Hyatt Hotel in Thailand has a fruit sommelier who shows you how to eat fruit. Ireland's Ashford Castle has a Lego butler on staff, while Nyara Springs in Costa Rica has something called a sloth concierge. Whatever that means. Is that a jinky or stinky? It's a lot of details. 
But I'm going to say it's a jinky. It's a jinky. It is All true. Right. It is true. Great job. Great job. In 2016, Beyonce released the revolutionary album Lemonade, shocking the world with a stunning reinvention of her sound. One of the most critically acclaimed tracks on the album was Sandcastles, an emotional piano ballad about a relationship falling apart. However, a few months after the release of the album, Scottish indie band Borderline Meek sued the superstar for allegedly stealing the melody from their song Once More With Feeling. Though at the time, the band only had a, a thousand monthly listeners on Spotify. They felt comfortable going toe-to-toe with one of the most famous people in the history of recorded music. The two songs are remarkably similar, and the parties settled out of court. But Borderline Meek were driven off Twitter due to harassment from Beyonce fans. Is that a jinky or stinky? I think it's a stinky. I'm pretty sure I would have heard of this. It's a stinky. I did make this up. It's true. During the final months, this is the last one. During the final months of World War II, Britain seized a total of 250,000 tons of German chemical weapons, the vast majority of which were destroyed. However, the Allies had not yet developed the technology for nerve gas, so these agents were put into strategic reserve. But after the war officially ended, it was observed that many of the bombs had leaks, causing deadly nerve agents to fuse out. Thus, they had to be disposed of, and Operation Sandcastle was born. The plan? Load up the tampered bombs onto a couple of ships, and sick them. The SS Empire Claire and SS Forster were both loaded up with the hazardous material and scuttled off the continental shelf a thousand miles northwest of Ireland. Concerningly, however, in 1995, the UK Ministry of Defense admitted that many of the records of the exact dumping sites for Operation Sandcastle had gone missing, meaning there was no guaranteed way to know exactly where the contaminated waters lay. Is that a jinky or a stinky? Maybe I've heard of this. Maybe I've heard of something called Operation Sandcastle that doesn't have anything to do with that, but I'm going to say it is a jinky. It is a jinky. It is true. Right. Um, maybe don't go swimming a thousand miles northwest of uh, Ireland. Seems bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is that. That was great. Great job. You only missed one. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I discovered that there's not a lot of interesting sandcastle stories out there <laughs> as i was researching for this <laughs> i found like one i was like like i found out about operation sandcastles like that's very interesting and i was like okay everything else is just like hey this guy made a really big sandcastle <laughs> and i'm like wow good for him that's cool good for you um yeah. But, but yeah um thank you for playing and now the time has come to rank this episode on our official heavy metal tier list. Now, starting at the bottom, there are five tiers. At the bottom is the rut row tier, the option of the worst of the worst, the bottom of the barrel. Moving up from that is the Scooby Dumb tier for episodes that we think are dumb. Then in the middle, we have the just another mystery tier. That's for things that are, you know, pretty mid, you might say. <laughs> then we have the groovy tier for episodes we like a lot. But just don't do enough to get into the very best of the best, the cream of the crop, the golden Scoob tier. What are we thinking? For What's New Scooby-Doo, Season 3, Episode 13, Reef Grief. 
Uh, I will go with just another mystery. I'll say it's closer to the groovy tier than the Scooby Dumb tier. Like, you know, if I'm putting it, you know, if I'm scaling it. But I think just another mystery I'll go with. I mean, like we said, there are some good jokes, some good bits. And I think the, f- like, half of the episode has a really good story where it's about this, like, creature that you think is, like, going to be a person in a mask and it's not a person in a mask. But then the other half is sort of, like, not that great. I mean, there's a lot of, like, yeah. dumped payoffs and stuff like that. Like, you know, it doesn't really... It's not really a functional mystery because, like, you know, the suspects and the clues don't really get that much to go on. Um, I do like um, Fred playing Woman in Volleyball, obviously. Great bit. Um, remains unparalleled for anything in the rest of the episode. But, yeah, I think Just Another Mystery. Again, don't dislike it. I'm going to agree with you. I think Just Another Mystery, I will say, I think is closer to the Scooby Dumb tier, but I do think mm-hmm. it does enough good stuff to be just another mystery um it's pretty pretty mid i'd say in the grand scheme of things yeah but um i do like the Eh. cool creature i think he's cool yes it's 20 minutes yeah exactly and it's got smash mouth in it come on on, that's true see i didn't even talk about smash mouth because they don't do anything yeah which you know yeah yeah but they are there they are there um oh thank you so much for doing that i really know thanks so much for having me i appreciate it as well um do you have anything that you want to plug for the listeners? Uh, you can follow me on Letterboxd, I guess, at Owen1120. Keep my social media private. If you want to see some reviews of movies that are not the ones that have Smash Mouth songs in them, I guess you <laughs> could read them there. Uh, I should be having a jazz album coming out soon, but I don't know Ooh. when or what it's called, so that's not helpful. Um, that, it was supposed to come out in... <laughs> Thank you. It was supposed to come out in May, and then I was told after May. But okay. yes, friends and I are recording an album for school so pretty good that's cool that's very and cool. that oh yes and actually if, if if i may i would like to tell a scooby-doo joke that has been in my head for a while by all means please sure so when i was a kid um i had this scooby-doo joke book i don't know what it was called there are several options of scooby-doo books that are published 2000s um i feel like it was like pocket-sized and okay. i can't really find one on the scoobypedia a pocket-sized joke book so this is sort of a miniature mystery where i'm like what was this joke in because i swear it's real um, the joke is, <clears throat> what's the difference between a greased cow and shaggy? <laughs> um, feel free to guess. What's the difference between a greased cow and shaggy? Correct. I did not say this was a good joke. <laughs> um, um, I truly don't know. <laughs> Well, the, the answer is, and I may have the order wrong on this, that one is a slippy hoof and the other is a hippie sleuth. It is maybe the worst <laughs> joke I've ever heard, and I want to make sure that it is real and that I didn't, like, dream it up, which I didn't. <laughs> a, a hippie sleuth and a slippy hoof. Um... Yes, correct. And this is the thing that my brother and I are aware. I mean, I texted him a couple hours ago. What is it between a greased cow and Shaggy to see if he could verify this? And he did did not answer yet. But <laughs> I, I know I know he knows of this, so it's not just me. I mean, that's a great joke. I think that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, if you, anyone out there, not you, if you, the audience. Uh, own whatever t- mid to-, to early 2000s joke book was published. See, there's a Scooby-Doo Monsters Unleashed joke book, but like, I don't think mm-hmm. it's in that one. I remember it being pocket-sized, but like, maybe I'm just wrong, because it's been so long. <laughs> so, yeah, who knows, really? 
it could be anything but uh thank you very much for sharing that that is really good <laughs> um, is it no well i mean no but it's really you know special <laughs> i would say okay. um if you're a fan of scooby-doo related jokes i guess or just other content about scooby-doo then you should listen to more heavy metal this is a weekly podcast um i'm always here the guest does change week to week but the topic is always scooby-doo it could be any era of scooby-doo uh if you uh like this episode please tell a friend um you know word of mouth is a great way to to share podcasts like this about very niche topics um thank you once again to owen for joining me this week um thank you to all of you for listening to all you meddling kids out there please remember to stay groovy Appreciate you you sticking around. <laughs>